Mindfulness Mode 214. And the more you connect to that inner thing that's going on as opposed to this outer stuff is where I'm really getting at, then the more you're going to be able to feel comfortable in your own skin and trust yourself. You're listening to today's episode of Mindfulness Mode. I'm your host and mindfulness life coach, Bruce Langford. Thanks so much for joining us today, Mindful Tribe. I want to remind you about that free summit. I'm speaking on it. It's called Change Your Thinking, Change Your Body. And it is continuing on. It'll be happening all month. I'll be speaking on May 13th, by the way. You can sign up for that for that summit right here. Go to mindfulnessmode.com slash CYT summit. Last time, I talked with Melinda Whitstock. She explained how limiting beliefs can go with you for your entire life. Then she shared with us how she was bullied as a kid. She had a sense of shame like there was something deep down wrong with her. She told us other stories too. And now Melinda is the CEO of a social media company called Verifeed. You might want to go back and listen to episode 213 if you missed it. I really enjoyed that that chat with Melinda. Today, I'm talking with a man who made a video every day for a year for his listeners, and he gained millions of followers as a result. He motivates people, or more specifically, you might say he helps people motivate themselves. In today's episode, he teaches us about patterns we have in our lives, how we may get to a point where we realize we're living the same patterns over and over again. When you reach the point that it's painful, he says, that's when you can break free from the patterns and begin to experience peace. His name is Jarrett Grossman. His understanding of mindfulness is profound. Get ready to be inspired and like to be pumped up and gain a deeper understanding of mindfulness. Enjoy today's episode, Mindful Tribe. Hey, Mindful Tribe. I have got a guy here today that, oh man, this is going to be such an awesome interview. I know this already. I've got Jarrett Grossman here today. Hey, Jarrett, are you in mindfulness mode today? I'm in mindfulness mode, baby. <laughs> That's awesome. Jared Grossman is a highly skilled guy when it comes to guiding and advising others and moving them to take action. In fact, he's in a league all his own, way up there in the upper echelon of spectacular business consultants and mindset coaches. His brilliant insight is illuminated in many of his YouTube videos, which have received, get this, over 30 million views. Jarrett's known as one of New York's best wrestlers. He holds a law degree, and he also has a health and fitness brand called Muscle Prodigy. He's the author of a book called Cracking the Code, the personal growth formula for success, leadership, and leaving a legacy. Who doesn't want to do that? So, you know, it's awesome to have you here today, Jared. I can't wait to talk to you. We're, we're talking, of course, about mindfulness and mindset. What does mindfulness mean to you? 
Hey, thanks so much for having me on. And that was a quite a powerful introduction. Yeah, seriously. Thank you. Yeah, no, um, man, it's my pleasure. Like, like you have really kicked butt in this whole area of mindset, <laughs> helping Some people days. like, Some like, because, a... <laughs> you know, so many of us are just stuck and we struggle and we're like, why am I not achieving? And why am I not? So, so is it through mindfulness? Is that part of the way that you help people? Yeah. So I think you have to be, if you can align your conscious with your subconscious, that's the ultimate, right? So being mindful of what exactly is going on within you in terms of your reactions, in terms of your emotions, why are you experiencing certain things? Why do you feel negative energy towards a certain thing? Why do you feel jealousy or envy or hatred? Why do you have a conflict with this person? That's all a concept of mindfulness, right? Once you could bring awareness to it, that's the first step to being able to change it. So once, once you do bring that conscious awareness to it, now you realize, am I really at effect to these things? Maybe I could change them. And then that's where the seed starts in terms of being able to say, well, what can I create for myself? What do I ultimately want? And what we all ultimately want is a feeling of peace within, is fulfillment. And fulfillment is twofold. So you mentioned the concept of achievement, which we've got to be able to achieve our inner blueprint. I believe we all have an inner blueprint. So if we were meant to be sort of a, a pine tree, it's going to be different than somebody else who's meant to be an oak tree kind of thing, right? And then the second part is really feeling at peace within and enjoying the journey along that entire road. And so you are able to help other people find what that inner blueprint is. How do you go about that when you first connect with somebody and they're just like, they're just hungry, hungry to achieve? How do you do that? Yeah. So ambition is, is highly important. They want something, but a lot of people meander about not knowing exactly what you want. And I, 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 I often use the analogy of if you get in your car, you got to have a destination, right? Or yeah. you're just going to try to stumble upon Los Angeles and Hollywood, uh, you want the lights and so forth, and you end up in a, a cornfield, you know, you didn't re reach your target, you're not going to be too pleased or happy, right? So find out what that destination is, and then you can reverse engineer the process. So with most people, they've had glimpses of who they want to be in the future. And the more you can, can connect to that future version of yourself or the highest form of yourself kind of thing, um, Matthew McConaughey articulated this pretty well, where he said, I'm, my hero is always the 10 year ver future version of myself. Right. So find out what that thing is. And then that's going to give you a jump start to be able to chase something, but it's going to tap into something that I really, um, um, invite everybody to open their eyes to is something called pull motivation as opposed to push motivation because you can't force yourself and a lot of achievers are forcing themselves they're trying to force a door open um when the universe is trying to point you in certain directions in a way and it's opening your eyes to it um and that doesn't mean you you you, you don't have to be tough throughout life it doesn't mean that you're not going to be um having to open those doors in a way but there are specific times for certain things. And if you have more trust and faith in the process, those doors will be open for you with a lot um, less pain and a lot less resistance. If you really are more intuitive by nature, you, you trust your instincts and feelings in a way and, and you flow through that process and just have more faith and trust. Yeah. Well, you've, you've really got that nailed, you know, that, that sort of 
pull, like pull and push thing, how we have to kind of allow things to happen. That's a big part of mindfulness, not trying to push things and force things. And, and we get into that, that place where we're like, so man, we're so determined, especially men. Do you think that's true? Like, like we just want to achieve this thing. Oh yeah. It's a highly masculine energy. Yeah. 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 And then, then when we notice that we're not achieving it, that's when sometimes we start to lose our confidence and we start to think like, what is this? So how do you advise people when they, they have lost their confidence because of this? Absolutely. Um, you, 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 you tell metaphors, you tell stories that at least give them an interpretation of, well, how did it work for somebody else in, in terms of, because that's, that's the biggest threatening thing is dropping our ego, uh, to, we want to prove that we're right ultimately. But if you could find somebody that they look up to, who's went through a similar type of situation. And then now it's like, well, I'm not a failure. Their ego isn't, isn't, uh, in that defense mode as much, right? Because then they realize, well, it's, it's possible for me as well. So for instance, the rock Dwayne Johnson was trying so hard to be a professional football player. If he had kept going at it and didn't realize his true calling in life, which is what he's experiencing right now, which acting, which was off of the heels of his wrestling career, right? It was professional wrestling. we, We would have never been given the gift of him, for instance, and he wouldn't be living in a beautiful state that he is right now. For instance, if he was trying to make that thing work, so it's in recognizing and understanding sometimes the universe wants you to be a pine tree, but you're trying to be an oak tree. Uh, and, and that's where the pain and the resistance comes in. Um, and early in my career, the only way I know this is from experience where I tried forcing a lot of things in my life and just realizing, you know, Kobe Bryant wanted to play basketball forever. At some point, he had to realize my body can't do this forever or whatnot. So you can continue to force it, something that's unnatural. It's not organic in the universe at, at some point. Uh, or, or you could go with what this new chapter is. And if you find beauty in that, you're going to recognize that, um, if you were, if you were ignorant to this, this transition from summer to winter, for instance, then you're not, you're going to try to wear summer clothes in the winter and ultimately you're going to get sick, Yeah, you know? So it's, it's really an understanding what the, what the universe has in store for you. So let's talk about you, Jared. Way back when you wanted to be a wrestler, but you didn't feel that successful at first, did you? Tell us about that. Tell us that story. Yeah, so um, I started wrestling in the eighth grade, and I was actually going to quit. Um, but I, I talked with my dad, and my dad was basically telling me, don't quit. You know, just yeah. keep, keep keep going. Give it a shot. And then uh, I was ter- terrible at it. I won one wrestling match the first year. But I there was some ambition inside me that, that felt maybe it was an inner calling part of my destiny that I was trying, had to figure this thing out in a way. And that needs to be there. This spark, this destiny spark in a way that it's like, this is part of your calling and you'll push yourself through pain. If, if you can connect with an idea that this is part of your destiny, then it becomes something called use stress as opposed to distress, distress, think disease. The the best you can recover is back to your original self. You stress is like lifting weights. You put yourself through stress and you tear down the muscle fibers, but it could grow and super compensate with even more growth. So you, you'll put yourself through a little bit of stress in order to come out stronger at the other side. As long as that destiny spark is in there, you feel like it's part of your inner calling. And it was. Um, and then I, I pushed myself to do extra practices. I had mentors in my life, for instance, that basically said, you know, you could put in the same work as everybody else, but how can you be better than them? You're, you're wrestling them. That's your competition. So if they're putting in two hours a day in wrestling practice, that's the norm. 
you got to be able to put in four hours a day, for instance, right? What about the summers? While they're taking off, they're they're relaxing and partying or whatever it is. How do you go to summer camp? How do you go to tournaments? Do all this stuff. So that's where I really opened my eyes to do more um, in terms of effort, in terms of volume, frequency, all that stuff is going to dictate a better life for myself. And it did. Um, but then you get to a point where the pendulum swings so far where you think that's the only answer to life and that it's just more, more, more. And then you realize, no, that's not the essence of life either. Um, and so then the pendulum sort of comes back. We're all in this search for the sweet spot in a way. Um, and, and I became ultimately a three time all American wrestler, um, by working really hard and so forth. Um, and, and then that led me on a journey of, a health and fitness business, for instance, and then uh, mentorship and consulting and all that stuff, and just very entrepreneurial by nature. You know, I'm I'm curious. I, I watched you in a video talk about the video was called "How Bad Do You Really Want It." You just put this up not too long ago. How yeah. bad do you really want it? And you start talking, and it's like so inspiring, you know, about, you know, do you want to be successful? But maybe you're hesitant, but you got to give something up. You got to give something yeah. up in life. Give certain things up that you know are harmful for you. And then you go on and you say, you got to give up porn because, you know, like when you study what porn does to your brain, then you really understand why you have to give that up. So let's talk about that. Why? Interesting. Yeah. What does this do to your brain and what is this about? Why do we have to give that up? Okay, so porn, think of it like duct tape, right? When yeah. you put duct tape on on the table, the first time it's like really sturdy. It's sticky, right? Yeah. And then if you peel it off and then you put it on the second time, it'll be sticky but not as sticky as the first time. And then keep doing it 100 times, 100 times. This is how the brain works in terms of connections with partners and so forth. Your ability to love will eventually – diminish to the point where you your brain won't even want to make those connections anymore uh, because it just realizes why what's the point of me making these connections because it's just going to get ripped apart right so it becomes very malleable in that sense and sometimes it takes you look at porn addicts for instance it could take several years for them to regain this ability in a way to look at the world the way that a normal person looks at it ultimately what you want out of life is really a connection with a lifelong partner even if you don't think so at your younger years, you know, and I was a victim to this as well. Um, most people have a story though, that they don't think this girl or this guy is out there. All the good ones are taken for instance. Well, there's nobody perfect in this world or whatnot, but, uh, you do have to start with that belief that she or he is out there in a way. And once, once you really have that embodied within you, now you're going to be on a quest to become a better human being because you'll only recognize that the only way to attract who you want is become who that person wants as well because it takes two to tango, baby. And in order – if you want perfect, hey, you got to be perfect. And nobody ex really expects perfection in another counterpart. But you do want somebody who's perfect for you. And in order to – usually it's, it's, it's at a standard – that's a little higher than where you're at right now um, in terms of what that person's going to ultimately expect out of you. you got to get your habits together and so forth. So I, I had to go through this process myself. And it was only until I raised the standard for myself and I in, increased the expectations of myself of what my rituals are going to be, what my routines are going to be, but especially my thoughts. Um, you know, I think that, that thoughts are sort of everything in a way, that they control every cell in our body. Um, and they just, the mindset is going to 
either put you in a positive mood with different people or whatnot. Uh, and on a spiritual level, when you have negative energy going through you, how can it's like it's like trying to go underground in a cave and expect to find a palace. It's not going to happen. Right. You got to You got to change the, something going on within you uh, and put yourself in a, in a great state or whatnot. But also have certain habits and rituals that the other person wants. But in, especially in terms of your mind and your mindset and whether you see beauty in the world or whether you see, you know, evil in it. Yeah, I really like what you said about how we have to be aware of our thoughts. And that's what mindfulness is, is being at least part of it, being aware of your thoughts, understanding what's going on inside there. And do you think this is way more a problem with men when it comes to porn? Or do you think it's just as much with women as well? Uh, I think porn is more of a male dominant issue in a way. But I think... uh promiscuity is getting the best of women in a way, um, and looking for attention and so forth. Uh, and so, you know, they're both, they're both destructive behaviors in my opinion. Uh, and everybody's got to play their part. And if you want, again, if you want the, the world to tra- change, first change you. First change you. Yeah. Well, let's talk about money, Jarrett. Money is a tool. It's like a hammer, you said, you know, in a video I watch a hammer that can be used to build a house or a hammer can hit somebody over the head. How do we get a hold of that whole thing, you know, about money? You know, some people, it just flows into their lives so easily and others, they just can't seem to make a dime no matter what. Absolutely. So money is a very controversial topic in a way. Um, and it's only because people make it controversial based on their, their thoughts. It's a category of life in in my opinion. And some people are really naturally funny, right? But we don't place as much judgment on that in a sense. And so the more you can rip out your inner resentment towards people with money, you'll see how different things happen to you in your life. And the more that you can move towards it, it's, it's just a category and people with money, it's not like they have no problems, right? So, um, and that's a lot of our categorization or we blanket it in, in that idea that once I get money, for instance, then I'll have no problems for instance, but they're struggling with different things, different categories that you may be very good at and very skilled at. So we're all going through a different struggle in a way. Um, but it's definitely something that you got to take care of. It's a very important resource in life. As you said, it's a, it's a hammer. It's an essential hammer, especially if you do want to leave a legacy, you got to create, um, usually an empire that, 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 that is going to take a lot of capital in a way. And a lot of businesses fail, not because they're not hardworking, not because they, you know, don't have great ideas. It's because they can't execute them because of capital in a way they're, they're, they're hamstrung. So the, the, the better you are at understanding the money game, for instance, the more disciplined you are at being able to invest for the long term in terms of the market and take advantage of that. Tony Robbins just put out a book, Money Master of the Game, and the other one, uh, un- Unshakable, Unbreakable, one of the one or the other, I forgot. But learn, learn about this concept that even if you're not making a lot of income, for instance, that you can still take advantage and build some long-term wealth for yourself. Um, but again, most people's problem is that their, their income levels are not where they should be in a way. And th- you do have to hustle in your early years. And that means taking up two, three jobs. That means working six, seven days a week in a way, uh, to get to a a certain plateau and being smart with it and and so forth. Um, but a lot of it's going to come with the negative connotations and associations that we have, the bad false associations that we have with money, meaning the first, 
words that you think of when you think of money. What if 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 there's greed? If there's if these are the words coming up, you're you're naturally going to push it away every time that it comes to your life, or you'll self sabotage. You'll get a check for twenty thousand, and then all, all of a sudden that twenty thousand is gone. You just spent it on junk because you secretly, innately didn't want it. Um, and so if you could really understand those patterns and the most important thing is just understanding the people uh, around you in your inner circle. Um, we all have expectations of what they think they want us to be. And a lot of those that we feel threatened by the idea of that, if we have a lot of money in our lives, who, who is that going to bring into our life? What will that mean in terms of my relationship with this person? And those are things that you got to rip out. And those are, it's not the weeds, it's the surface level root that's causing the weeds. And you really need to uh, examine and explore that. Yeah, well, talk about hustle. You've, you've hustled with so many of this, the things that you're doing in your life. And one of them was writing the book, cracking the code. So not only did you create all these videos and get all these followers, you put together this book. That takes mindfulness and focus and being grounded. How are you able to take that fighting spirit, that ability you have to help other people, you know, with their mindset and then put it into words? Did you find that tough? Yeah, that was one of the greatest accomplishments writing a book for me because uh, I had all these thoughts and I would do them in video format, you know, a lot of times. But then to actually put it in a coherent manner in text form and make everything flow was a very big uh, process for me. But the 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 most important thing for writing, for instance, is that great writers aren't great writers. They're great editors. Uh, so it's about putting it all on paper. I think Ernest Hemingway said, write drunk, edit sober. Right. So that, <laughs> that was his, uh, that was his line and whatnot. And, uh, yeah. And so, I think he did that quite a few times no from problem. what I know about him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Harry, Harry's bar. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, you, it's, it's a long editing process. That's the main thing, but the, take a first step, write some things on, on paper and then eventually you could turn it into a manifesto. You could turn it into a book kind of thing. Uh, but I don't want to give the expect the, the false illusion that I'm this, all powerful person who's just every day I I attack and, and control everything in my universe. It's it's that's not the case. You know, it's ebbs and flows of life. There are certainly days and months where I get frustrated, things aren't happening soon enough for me or whatnot. Um, but it's about understanding and, and the more that I go through life, the more I understand that things are supposed to happen at a specific time for a specific reason in a way. And our time is not God's time, the universe's time and whatnot. And it, it will come. It's in your heart for for a reason. But oftentimes the way we think about how it's supposed to happen is not really the way we're supposed to think about how it's supposed to happen, that it's not supposed to receive in essence for you to enjoy alone. It's a, it's a concept of we. And the more you tap into this, then the more you understand how intricate the universe is, how intricately designed it is, and everything's sort of ebbing and flowing. And if it's overcast outside, I could want it to be sunny, but I'm just missing the beauty of what is going on in the moment. And the, the, more, the more that you sort of acknowledge the moment in a way, the more you're out of the moment. So you're, you're focusing on it as opposed to just being in a creationary process and just letting things move through you. And that's where you're going to find the least amount of pain and the least amount of resistance and, and things will sort of um, come together in a, in a beautiful way. For sure. Yeah. Jared, I've done work in the whole area of bullying prevention and uh, for about 
10, 12 years, almost 15 actually. And I always like to ask a question about this because I think mindset is at the bottom of this whole thing. You know, like, have you ever been bullied? Like, what about when you were a kid? I think you have a story about this that you can share with us. Yeah. So, uh, I was in, what was it? The ninth grade, I think. And tiny kid, hundred pounds uh, soaking wet. You know, so I was like the third smallest kid in the grade, something like that. And yeah. uh, I was at the Boys and Girls Club and some kid who was actually younger than me, a year younger than me, was getting into a little confrontation with me or whatnot. We stepped outside and then all of a sudden a kid, a group of kids swarm around me and screaming, fight, fight, fight. You know, that whole thing. And I don't yeah. know really what's going on. I didn't invite I didn't want this. I didn't invite this necessarily, but um, got into a scuffle, got into a fight and got beat up. And, and mm-hmm. then you had to go into school after losing a fight, very embarrassing situation, obviously welts on my, um, forehead and so forth. But, but the ideas with bully prevention for me, what I recognized there, fortunately was that I had to get stronger and I had to build up my body to the point where somebody would look at me and say, I don't even want to mess with that guy kind of thing. Right. Because you could scream pacifism to the Hills, but not everybody buys into that methodology. So what do you do with somebody whose modus operandi is not pacifism? If they're if they're looking to cause destruction, you got to be well equipped, equipped. The, be, the best prevention for war oftentimes is a great military, as they say. Right. So build your build myself up in a way and just recognizing, you know, you could stop this bully. But what's to stop the next bully? So what do you do? Did you join a gym right away or what do you do my, to build yourself up? My, my childhood friend, Richie Allen, actually, um, what, what motivated me in the beginning to be able to join a gym and we worked out together and because he was lifting for a couple of years at that point, I think, or a year or two. And then, uh, uh he dragged me into the gym and helped me work out and we, we stayed motivated together. And then I really took to it like a, like a sponge. And then I became very, um, very passionate about wrestling to the point where I, I did sacrifice almost everything in the name of progress in wrestling in a way, parties and, and eating, uh, junk food and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, I devoted my life to it and I was able to become a three time all America wrestler. So at that point you'll notice there's an energetic level within all of us and the energetic level that you emit to other people is, yeah, I don't, I don't even want to mess with this person. I just sense that they, they know how to, they, they not only know how to handle themselves, but they're just internally tough to the point where they don't have to learn the lesson. I think that's a spiritual thing that's going right, on. Right. And that energetic level you're talking about, some would call yeah. that confidence. Am I right? Yeah, I guess so. Right. Like, uh, and confidence comes from the word conf- confidere in Latin, which means with trust, trust in yourself. Right. So to trust in yourself is usually a very long process because there's these, I like to call them like leaves on top of this little seed inside of us. And it's almost like this God spark in a way. There's a, there's a highest form of ourself within. So for instance, um, I try to walk you down sort of like an analogy. It's like, let's say that you were a younger kid and you're afraid to tell your parents about a report card that you received where you, you didn't get the best grade. Mm-hmm. Right? So there's these leaves of fear and doubt that are on us in a way, um, where, we understand that we have to pull the leaf off. We have to push through at some point, but we're, we're, we're in, we're hesitant. We're rationalizing in our head. Like, I don't know how to do this, whatnot. Right. But then eventually you're going to get to a point where you're going to do it. You're going to have to do it at some point. So if you could reverse engineer it by understanding that 
wait a second, this thing is already inside of me that already knows how to do it or will do it at some point. So all this other leave, it's just crap, essentially. How do I pull this, how do I work from the, the, the inside out, essentially? How do I work from this, this seed that's within me to then be, be um, in charge in a way? Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And a lot of the people that I work with, it seems like maybe they had that, they had that confidence, that inner energy, and then they lost it for whatever reason. And then you have to help them find that again. Sure. Yeah. Life beats the hell out of us. Yeah. All, yeah. all of us. I think, uh, yeah, George Lucas, I was listening to an interview, uh, for, for Star Wars and he was basically saying, you know, in, in his twenties, he thought he could do everything in a way, and then you learn very quickly when 30 years old that you, you cannot do everything in a way, right? So it's yeah. like it happens to all of us, but it, it's not so much of having like an ego to the point where you're trying to be confident about things that you're not really confident about. It's about really understanding what your purpose is in, in the world, and the more you connect to that inner thing that's going on as opposed to this outer stuff is where I'm really getting at, then the more you're going to be able to feel comfortable in your own skin and trust yourself and so forth. Yeah, for sure. Jarrett, my next questions are just five quick answer questions. Who is one person who has influenced you in this whole mindfulness mindset area? Can I, can I name more, more than one? <laughs> no, a lot of, there have been a lot of people, but, um, have there, yeah. Yeah. Um, my, my parents, for instance, uh, Tony Robbins was a huge influence just listening to him his stuff uh, a lot. Um, mentors in my life, uh, for instance, um, a guy named Max, uh, who was, who was mentoring me in wrestling and really taught me the value of hard work, for instance, mm -hmm. uh, my college wrestling coach, Parker, uh, lots of, you know, individuals along, along the path. Um, even clients of mine, you know, they teach me stuff every single day, you know, so it's just, you, it's it's lots of people that, that play a huge part into this. Yeah, I've heard you say that in some of your videos that you learn so much from the people you work with and the people that you help. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So how has yeah. mindfulness affected your emotions, Jarrett? So when you get to a point, you realize that you're you're doing the same patterns over and over again. And then you, you realize that it's painful. And then it's only until you learn how to break free from the patterns, will you experience peace? So the only way to do that is mindfulness, essentially, is being consciously aware of, I feel this thing and I normally do this. Why? So the real root is the why. Why are you doing it? Is there a reason? Is it serving you? Is it not serving you? But if you really dig deep the layers of the why, there's this root why that just gives you this aha breakthrough moment that it's like, Wow. And then you can shift it and then you could start implanting a new pattern in a way that's some more, more, um, beneficial to you. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. How is breathing a part of your mindfulness practice? Most of us breathe shallow and into our chest. Yeah. And it, it's a shortened breath. And that's usually the same pattern that, that happens when you study people who are very anxious, tense all the time, fear driven. It's, it's shallow breaths, right? If you could do the, re, the reverse, whereas you breathe deep into your belly, now you're going to be much more relaxed. You're going to be calm. So alpha, when we talk about alpha, it's really like alpha male, alpha female, or so forth. It's really coming from brain waves. And alpha is actually an alertness, but a calm to it also. 
So that's sort of the the mode that you want to be on on a daily basis. That's grounded, like you were you, know, you were talking about earlier. You know, Bruce. Right. That, that that that's a very that's when you're in control. Is when you're um, you're alert, but you're calm about, and you can process the information without panicking. Right, right. Can you share an app which might help you to be more mindful? Maybe it's like a productivity thing. Maybe it helps you focus. I don't know. Do you use apps at all? Yeah, not not necessarily for that, um, but I'll give you a technique. Go back to a um, to be more mindful or to be more in a state of peace. What, what? I would say either one of those two things because um, I think they're related. So, yeah. So to to be at a state uh, a sense of peace or to enjoy life, that's ultimately what we want. Um, go back to a childhood memory of yours and where you were euphoric, where you were really having the time of your life. And literally place yourself in there. So you're not looking at yourself from a third-party perspective, but you're seeing it through the lens of if you were a kid again. Right. And you'll notice that it was a very bodily experience. It wasn't a whole lot of thinking. And anytime we identify with our mind or where there's a lot of judgment especially, that's when we experience suffering and pain. The more you can get into your body, the more you're going to enjoy life in, in essence because then you're going to feel like it's an experience as opposed to something you're detached from. So you want to get into an experience mode, and that means literally um, bringing up the exact physical movements you did when you were a, a kid again, which is you could shake your hands, you could shake your hands, you could, and especially smiling. A great technique to understand like a genuine smile from a fake smile is if you have the little um, crow's eyes over here where you're, you're, they, they, they crease by your right. eyes. Uh -huh. um, and, and, and that's a genuine smile. So if you could start smiling and you could start tightening up your core and feeling those feelings and making the noises that you used to make, whatever it was, right, you're going to actually live that experience right now. So that's a great way to really get back to the present and enjoy yourself. Um, and then in terms of mindfulness, listen to some relaxing music and um, think of the, the, the thoughts here. Just just when when we talk, right, we're speaking, but then there's oftentimes thoughts coming in while we speak. So is that really you? Is that really your th like a thought? Because you're speaking, but how can you have a thought also come in? Like I believe that thoughts are coming from a, a, a place in a way or, or God or whatnot, right? So it's just in, you could view those thoughts as sort of clouds moving over you and then you can identify with the, which ones that are serving in you and which ones are, are disempowering you wanna actually watch them float away. So that's a, a, a good technique. Yeah. Uh, I didn't ask you this. Did you, do you meditate? Is that part of your routine, part of your life? Uh, yes, I do. Um, not usually in the sense of like sitting down with my legs crossed and my eyes closed kind of yeah. thing and blo blocking out, you know, 20, 30 minutes, but I'll, um, I'll envision a beam of light coming down into me and healing certain parts of my body, for instance, or certain deficiencies that, or weaknesses of mine, for instance, or when I'm in conflict with something, and that it's magically getting healed. That I don't have to do everything. That I don't, I don't uh, make sure the trees grow. I don't make sure that the sun rises and sets. So there's a universe that's at play or whatnot, and just letting that process take take a hold of me. But then also spreading that out to other people within my um, inner circle, my family. I start out, and then the community at large, and 
and the world at lar- large in a way that it's getting all taken care of and positive vibes are being sent out. And then that's a state that it literally takes 60 seconds to be able to do. Um, and, and you could bring yourself back to back to center. Awesome. Jared, you know, I think that you just shared so much incredible value with us today. How can Mindful Tribe connect with you, learn more about what you do and kind of just just stay tuned? Absolutely. So my first recommendation is that you've got to change your body first, um, because then you're going to see a visceral transformation that takes place. Uh, with your body that you're going to then have much more foundational reason to understand, well, change is possible. So then I can change other things in my life, for instance, right? So that's where it usually starts with people. And and the quickest way to break through fear, for instance, it, fear is physical. It's a neuromuscular reaction. So to get more confidence, you want to you wanna get into your body, intense sprints, intense weightlifting. That'll get you out of depression, I, I can assure you, because you're getting into your body and, and oftentimes the blood is just flowing and adrenaline is rushing and stuff like that, um, that really you can't think your way out of depression a lot of times. So uh, a 45-day workout program and meal plan guide is what I created, um, uh, and, and and it's basically a six-and-a-half-week program that gives you the exact blueprint of how to change your body in terms of exactly what to do in the gym and the kitchen, and it's everything for a beginner to start or an advanced person who needs to go back to the basics and fix muscular imbalances and all that kind of stuff, and then gradually progresses you upward. You could go there at MP45. M is in Mary, P is in Paul, 45.com. And if you're into more personal development stuff, higher level thinking, if you really want to change these patterns, I would love to work with you on a one-on-one level. Uh, and that's at jarrettgrossman.com, J-A-R-E-T-G-R-O-S-S-M-A-N.com. We'd love to work with you. And I'll put all that into the show notes, Jared. So uh, listeners, you can you can connect, you can get on there, you can click on these links and you can do something to make positive changes in your life and who doesn't want to move forward and, and create change. Jarrett, this has been really great talking with you. I really appreciate Absolutely. you jumping on this call. Thanks so much for sharing with us today. Thank you so much. This is really, really spectacular, special. You're welcome. Yeah, take care. Bye now. Thanks so much. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.